the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a Christian psychotherapist specializing in trauma therapy, couples, relationships, and personal development. She is passionate about your life and is here to encourage, teach, and inspire you to be your own best version. Find her online at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Now, with today's fresh insights, Cynthia Hyatt. Well, good afternoon. Thank you for joining me today. You're listening to Conversations with Cynthia, and I'm so thankful that you are tuning in. And I always want to remind you to check out your favorite podcast server because we are probably on that and have all the shows on that. So make sure you take advantage of the different podcast providers. And then certainly, always check out the website at CynthiaHyatt.com and all the social media that we have available on Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter and all those different places. Just to kind of inspire and support and help you, you know, just through your week. So today, we were planning on doing the show, The Power of a Minute, but I have a wonderful guest that I did not want you to have to wait and hear. And I was introduced to her by one of my great assistants. I have a phenomenal assistant, and Amy knows her and really said, Cynthia, you have to have this woman on your show. She is just amazing, and I love her book. And so we arranged it, and here we have Laura Jones. And she has written a book, and it is called Song of a Wounded Heart. And it is certainly available um, through her. And she's going to give you some more ideas about how you can get a hold of her book and order it online. And it is a phenomenal book. And I want you to be prepared for this story because it's a pretty difficult and painful story. But it is phenomenal what has come out of it. And so I just want to tell you a little bit ahead of time what this book is about. And this occurred in... November of 2004, and Laura, she was just a very happy wife and a proud mother of of two children, and she and her husband were in ministry, and they had left for vacation and excited to really celebrate the holidays, and, and they were in their van, and she's right now residing in Kansas, so they're in their van, they're driving, and they had a head-on collision, shattered the entire van, and Laura had to really watch helplessly as one by one every member of her family slipped into eternity. So she's now living a nightmare. And all the things that were giving her laughter and joy, you know, were replaced with these mournful cries of this horrible wounded heart that she has. And so she's now in a world all alone. And so this this book called The Song of a Wounded Heart really tells this true story of Laura's journey really from death to hope. And as she really struggled to understand what God was doing, he patiently sang to her, which is really phenomenal when she tells this part of the story. And he drew her really gently back to him 
and really helped her to dare herself to trust him again. Because we all know when, when we get really hurt and huge heartaches come, it's inevitable that we say, God, are you really who I thought you were? I mean, how could you let this happen? And so this book really offers hope to people that are struggling to believe in God because of hardships and life's sorrows and tragedies. And it explains how to find healing for broken and wounded hearts. And it also has some really personal journal entries from Laura's journey. So you get to hear firsthand what was happening to her right in the moment. And then she also has some characters from the Bible that she's extrapolated out with that also struggled with faith and how God responded to them. And then she shares some songs which offered lots of comfort to her wounded heart. So, Laura, I'm so thankful to have you here today. And we really are appreciative of your willingness to share your story. So just say hello to the listeners. Hello. And it is such a privilege <laughs> to be here with you, Cynthia. Thank you. And I am so grateful for our mutual friend, Amy. I know. <laughs> it's amazing how God does these things. So, you know, I love this book. And, you know, there's so many places I dog-eared, you know, to talk about. But I kind of wanted to just let you... You know, for the next, I don't know, eight, ten minutes, just kind of tell us the story in, in the abridged version, you know, what, how you tell this story. I think that what I would want to tell you about is that night in the van, how God began to sing. You told the story well of how everything was going beautifully and we were just on vacation together. And then all of a sudden, in fact, I fell asleep in the front seat of the van, expecting to wake up at my in-law's house about midnight that night. But when I woke up, it took a while for me to absorb the things that I was seeing and, in fact, was unable to absorb the gravity of what I was seeing. And right in the middle of all that, God began to sing. It was the most amazing thing. Wow. My head was so jarbled. I was trying to wake up my husband. I didn't know that he was already gone. I could see my daughter. I knew she was hurt badly. I couldn't see my son. I could hear the people helping him. I knew he was in trouble from what they were saying. And how old, and were, you, how old were your children again? Janessa was 14. And Jaden, our son, was 11. Mm. And right in the middle of that, this song began to play in my head. And the part that God sang to me first, he like put on rapid repeat. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it said, do not be afraid. And wow. he just sang it over and over and over and over. You know, in, in the years to come after that, I have noticed that in the Bible, every time God shows up as an angel, as a person in the Old Testament, to to Abraham, to Moses, every time he shows up, he starts with, do not be afraid. Exactly. Yes. And that realization was like, he was there. Yes. He was there. Yes. It, it's such proof to me that he was there. And also it was proof to me because I had heard this song before on the radio, and music sticks in my head. So I recognized the tune, 
but I'd heard it so little, I didn't know the words. It was brand new on the radio. And so I had to depend upon God to bring the phrases to me. Wow. And I knew it was his voice. I, I knew it was because I had a relationship with him before this, and I recognized his voice. So I knew it was him. Because even though I was absolutely terrified, and I knew that he knew that, it was just such comfort to me. Like he was saying, I've got you. Right. Got you. Got you. So then as they started taking me out of the van, which I was perplexed that they were taking me out first, because even though I didn't understand everything yet, I knew that they were all hurt more than me. So I didn't know why they were taking me first. And I think that was because they didn't want me to see everything that I would have seen. Absolutely. I had stayed. So they took me first, and um, as they did that, strapped me to that backboard, the next phrase of that song came, and it said, the voice of truth says this is for my glory. What a hard sentence to hear. Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. But you got to remember that my (laughs) head was not clicking on all cylinders. Right. And so for me, it was like, okay, you're doing something. And kind of vaguely in the back of my mind, it was like, then we're going to be okay. Exactly. For your glory, we're going to be okay. Exactly. I was really wrong about that. Yeah. So, and they took me to a little hospital nearby, and I was the only one from my family there at that little hospital. So I was totally unprepared when the chaplain came to the foot of my bed and told me that my husband and my son died on the highway, and that my daughter, he literally said, we don't expect her to live through the night, because she wasn't even at the same hospital with me. My goodness. The ambulance eventually came. I knew it was coming back to get me. It had taken her there to a trauma center about 45 minutes away, and then was coming back to get me and take me there as well. I was still on a backboard. They were still checking me out. But there was a a great deal of time there while all of that transpired. And right then, right after the chaplain said that, I heard the conclusion of that chorus of The Voice of Truth by Casting Crown. I know that now. I didn't know that then. Um, it, It concluded, out of all the voices calling out to me, I will choose to listen and believe the voice of truth. Wow. And I'm laying there on the backboard, and it's like there are voices above me, <laughs> and I can't, like, I, I can't. <sighs> it's almost like it's hard. You're you're hearing it, but you can't grasp it. Right, and I and I don't see the faces of the people who are talking to me. Um, I just hear all these voices floating above me. But one of them was God. Right. And he just keeps saying, I'm here. Don't be afraid. I'm going to do something with this, and I want you to choose to believe. Amazing. I I clung to that song and that experience, I mean, for a long, long time and still do. Absolutely. (laughs) Well, you know, losses like this we don't ever really get over. And so it's, you know, it just changes every year. And, you, you know, it's just a different grief process as you as you move forward in time and waiting to be with your family, you know. So it's, I mean, this is, 
phenomenal, this story. And so we are coming up on a break, and we have about a minute left. But I wanted to really let the listeners know that they can get this book. Now, can you tell them where they can get this? You can get it at any online bookstore, whatever your favorite is. You can do Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, Amazon, or anything else. And hopefully, at your local bookstore, they can order it as well. So if it's not already there, you can ask them to order it. Great. Because I really do want people to read this book. This is really phenomenal because you're so honest about just a crisis of faith. Just, you know, how, you know, you were such a family person. That's all you really ever wanted was family. Mm-hmm. And now you're single and completely alone. And, and, you know, having to to try to figure out what is God doing with my life now? My life had purpose. It had meaning. I knew what I was doing. And now it's all been taken. Yes. So I think it'll be really, really helpful for you listeners to make sure that you read this book. It's very, very inspiring, very enlightening. And um, it's just sweet. It's a very sweet, very uplifting book. So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment. We have Laura Jones with us as she talks about her story and the song of a wounded heart. Welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt. Thank you for joining me. And if you're just tuning in, we have a very special guest today. This is Laura Jones, and she's the author of a best-selling book, which is Song of a Wounded Heart. And she also has an amazing story when it comes to really telling and and, uh, just elaborating on this story that she and her family left for vacation to celebrate holidays and had a head-on collision, and she lost her husband, her 14-year-old daughter, and her 11-year-old son in one, one event. And she talks about how God sang to her to really encourage her and help her, and that he was going to use this for his glory. And that's a daunting statement when we have to hear that God is using a tragedy of ours for glory, because we want to say, well, why didn't you just have glory by not making the tragedy happen. And so, you know, this would be how we would think as humans. And so this is a really poignant story. And so, Laura, thank you for being here again. We're very thankful for your story. And I thought it might be helpful if you could just let the listeners know what it felt like as you started to realize that you were the sole survivor. Well, as I arrived at the second hospital... And they began to do x-rays and such on me. They released me from the backboard I'd been on for hours and and then said to me, your daughter has taken a turn for the worst. Would you like to go to her? Which, of course, was a, yeah. And But I didn't really think that I could get there because I, I couldn't stop vomiting. The concussion that... I had gotten during the accident just rendered me so sick and the whole world was spinning. Yes. So they, they pushed me bed and all down to mm. just outside of Janessa's room and then attempted to put me in a wheelchair and I was convinced I wouldn't be able to sit up. Right. But miraculously, as soon as I was in that wheelchair 
and pushed into Janessa's room, all of that just seemed to be put on pause, like God just gifted me with this time. There I could see that Janessa um, had people around her, and someone was bagging her. They were by hand putting air into her lungs, and they told me that um, she, they had done everything that they could. They had done surgery. They could not release the pressure on her brain, and they needed permission to stop trying. And so we gathered around the bed, and um, my brother-in-law said, you've got to let her go be with her daddy and her brother. Wow. And I could, I could see that. I could hear the logic. I could hear what the doctors had to say. And my head was just so incapable of anything. So I gave, I gave them permission, and I held her hand from my, my wheelchair. And there were four family members there with me, and they gathered around the bed. And one of those family members began to sing, "How Great Thou Art." Wow. And together, she sang the chorus, and then together we sang the last verse, oh, which is, yes. When Christ shall come, with yes. shout of acclamation, and take me home, what joy shall fill my heart. Then I will bow in humble adoration, and there proclaim, my God, how great thou art. And in that length of time, her heart stopped beating. She didn't even attempt to breathe on her own, and, um, and she was in glory. Years later... Literally, years later, that family member told me that that was an experience that she's never been able to speak because she didn't know what I would think or what anybody else would think. But she said, Aunt Laura, I I didn't know the words to that song. I was singing them, but I didn't know the words. And I can't really sing. (laughs) That that wasn't my voice, and I don't understand (laughs) Right. What was happening, like whether that was Jesus or an angel or who was singing. Exactly. <laughs> she had held this for so long. And I had always known that I felt like we were singing Janessa into heaven, and those were words she she would have used. But I didn't know until um, Emily told me this, that we actually did hear Janessa singing as she entered heaven. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, it's like, you know, I, I get, I got so tearful when I'm reading the book. And I, I mean, my job, I get tearful on my job. I'm like, oh, here I go again. I'm going to, you know, but it's just so, it's so poignant and so moving how kind God is and how oh, yeah. willing he is to not ever abandon us in our sin or in our tragedies, that his heart is so big that he can handle this level of grief and he knows the other side of it. But he doesn't abandon us in that in that grief, especially even if we're mad. He doesn't walk away from us. Yes. It's phenomenal. I have always longed to see something of glory. I, as a pastor's wife, I've yes. been in a situation many times when someone passed from this life on. But I've never seen anything. And, and then here I am in the presence of, of the death of all three of my precious ones. And still didn't see anything. And so to learn that I heard it Absolutely. really helped. <laughs> Absolutely. That is phenomenal. That really, I mean, it's just so... And when you think about how God just speaks through people to write songs like this, and those people have to have had some experience 
you know, to be able to even know those words to write. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it, it's, it's amazing. And, and I, I, I really was kind of interested and amazed that the guy that hit you guys was in the bed next to you. He was. That is he, amazing. And you he heard him. was in the him. first hospital yes. on the other okay. side of the curtain. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so when the, when the chaplain came down to the foot of my bed and told me that Jay and Jaden were gone and that Janessa wouldn't live through the night, then I heard him go to the other side of the curtain and tell the driver of the other vehicle. I, I heard him. And thus, I also, just in moments after hearing this for myself, while I'm still trying to absorb it, I heard his mourning. Oh, my gosh. That was vital to me to yes. help me yes. with what God would ask me to do in the future about that. Because he just screamed, didn't he? He did. Oh, my I, gosh. I will never forget the sound of his cry ever. And I was silent, right? right? which is just my nature. Right. You know, it wouldn't have been right or wrong, however I mourned, but I was just in so much shock and by nature just fell silent. My goodness. Have you ever spoken with him? I have. Mm, Oh, my gosh. I have many times. Really? Um, We have become good friends, and... Um, I spoke with him for the first time about nine, ten months after the accident, and I was driving through his town, and God said, today, and I knew what he was talking about. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> and well, you I, know what? Uh, We're going to start, we'll start that next okay. segment with this, because this is, it's amazing how God does these things. Yes. He just, and yes. he, he's so, God is so tidy if we'll let him, he just ties up everything, you know? Yes. And brings peace where we would never think there could be any peace at all. Yes. Well, Laura, thank you so much. And I'm so glad we're going to have you for another half hour. And listeners, if you're just tuning in, make sure that that you listen uh, on the website. You can go to CynthiaHyatt.com and listen to to the show there. You can also go to your favorite podcast server. And make sure that you check out Laura's book. You will be absolutely inspired. And it is Song of a Wounded Heart on any of your favorite bookstores online. Well, happy Sunday to you, and thank you so much for joining me. I hope that you are having a nice Sunday, and you know that this is this show is going to help you really focus on your week and having a week that is really God-centered, God-focused, and full of hope and really encouragement about how God moves in our lives and how much he loves us, even in all the tragedies that are happening down here, that God is always making good things and bringing all things to work together for good. And so we have Laura Jones, if you're just tuning in, and her book is called Song of the Wounded Heart, and it is a really awe-inspiring account of, of her harrowing and, and just ultimately redemptive journey of losing her entire family in a head-on collision and being the only survivor. And so we left off in this last segment where she actually, in the first hospital she was in after the emergency vehicles brought them, was next to the gentleman who had hit them and heard his wailing, his cry, when he found out that three of the people in that vehicle, and two, it was two children, did not survive. 
And so I had asked Laura offline, I said, you know, do you know him? And she said, yes, I do. And we have become good friends. So, Laura, thank you again for being with us today. And I just want to hear about this piece as well, where God just redeems everything. Isn't God amazing? <laughs> yes. I, it's, <laughs> yes, it's awe-inspiring. <laughs> <laughs> well, because God allowed me to hear his mournful cries from the very moment that I knew that two of my family were already gone, I already knew the sorrow of the man who crossed the center line. Now, let me pause here and say that he simply hit black ice. Mm, So he was not impaired in any way. Right. It was truly an accident. Um, But he is the one who crossed the center line and hit his head on. So um, in the months to come, I knew that my heart went out to him. Right. Just because I I imagined how difficult it would be to be on his side of the fence. Right. And so one day when I was traveling traveling through his city, I God nudged me, and I knew I had the information with me because of the insurance form. I knew his address and phone number. So I got those out, and I called and asked permission to come. And, you know, it was one of those conversations of, Exactly. This is Laura Jones. Could I come? <laughs> and he's and not his sure. wife, yeah, his <laughs> wife goes, um, exactly. You know, both just breathing, so we're scared, you know. Absolutely. And so, well, he has no idea what you're going to do. No, no. So she called me back and she said, he said you could come. So with the same kind of fear and trepidation, I. I pull up in front of their house, and I get out, still not knowing what in the world I was going to say. I just wanted somehow to relieve his pain. Right. And he opened the door and leaned against the screen door and watched me come, neither one of us saying a word. And when I got to him, he just he took the risk of opening his arms, and I took the risk of just falling into them, and we just wept together. Oh my gosh! I want to cry. We, but I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> we spent the afternoon together. We talked. Um, we asked each other's questions. We, you know, I told him that I realized that the law held him accountable, but I did not hold him accountable. And oh, what freedom you gave him! I just—that's what I wanted. Absolutely. I, wanted, I knew there was no way to lift it all, but I just wanted. To do all I could do to lift him. My and goodness! So in the months to come, in years to come, we've just become really good friends. I I don't get to see him very often as we live several hours apart. But um, one of my favorite memories was going out to eat with him and his wife, and a friend of theirs stopped by the table and chatted, and then looked at me, you know, like you do <laughs> for an introduction. And right. so she, he introduced me, and then he goes. Um, we met on the highway. Oh, my goodness. And the look on the person's face was priceless. They had no idea what to do, and they walked away, and then we all burst out laughing. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that is amazing. That's amazing. Well, we, you know, we only have one minute left in this segment, and so, listeners, I want to make sure that you stay with us because I want you to hear the, the ending of this and all that God has done in Laura's life 
as a result of this and the fruit that has been produced from it and how he healed her. And it wasn't, it wasn't always an uphill climb. It wasn't easy and it wasn't always happy and it wasn't always feeling gracious, but it was some very deep healing that God is, is able to do, especially when we partner with him and let him do that. And that he really led her through this valley of death that she didn't know if she would ever come out of. So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the last segment as we finish with Laura Jones and her amazing book, Song of a Wounded Heart. Welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. Thank you so much for joining me. And if you are just tuning in, you know, I always say this because I really do want you to take advantage of the podcast. So you can go to your favorite podcast server. We're on Stitcher, iTunes, TuneIn, Apple Play, um, Google, uh, SoundCloud, Podbean, all of these. So, And if we are not on the one that you usually use, please email me and let me know of the podcast server that you like, and we will see what we can do about getting the shows on, on your favorite um, server. So make sure that, that you listen to this entire show because it really is a, a show of hope, amazing hope that God can make such good things out of bad things. And we get so confused thinking, you know, that, that, that God likes the bad things. And so I want you really to remember God hates the bad things that happen to us. He never wanted that to happen on his planet. That was never in his plans. It was not what he dreamed of. But the amazing God that we have is a God that doesn't walk away from bad things. He doesn't walk away from pain, sorrow, tragedy. He walks straight into it. And he promises that whatever tragedy, whatever heartache, whatever hardship we have, if we stick with him, he is going to make a good thing come from it. So he doesn't make the bad things. But he's willing to be in that bad thing and make it be good. So we have Laura Jones for the last segment here talking about her book, The Song of a Wounded Heart. And it really is an awesome book. And you can get it on any of the online bookstores as well as probably in your favorite bookstore. And they can also order it for you if you would like that. You can also go to Laura, is it LauraJones.com? Dot org. Dot org. Dot org. You can order it from have to her. notice, spell my name, L-O-R-A. Oh, yes, that's right. Thank you for clarifying that. Yes, L-O-R-A, Laura Jones. So, you know, you and I were talking off air, and I said, you know, there's so many things in this book that I wanted to talk about, but I really like the chapter. It's chapter 15, and it's called More Change. And it's Psalms 2713 that says, I am still confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And that really is saying that regardless of how dark our night is, no matter how many bad things are happening, I will still see the goodness of the Lord in my life while I am yet living. And you have experienced that. I have. Yes. Yeah, so you have Isn't this that be- amazing? Yes, you have this beautiful journal in- entry that's January of 2007 and you say the request to speak have not stopped. And it makes me terribly insecure. <laughs> I just want to still have that ministry. In fact, I feel lost without it. And why? I didn't even want it. Maybe because it gave me purpose and deadlines to strive for. Maybe because I'm afraid people will forget if I don't remind them. And you know, that is such a common 
feeling for anyone that has lost loved ones. We don't want them to be forgotten. And so, you know, it's amazing how God has done this, and, and you see the work of God's hand. And so you, you talk about, you admit that you have anger still sometimes with God, and, and that sometimes you just want, you know, time to be off, and you want to get away from this whole ministry sometimes. But at the same time, it's such a glorious, phenomenal miracle that God has done that you can't not speak it. That's true. So tell us more about the, just the the new purpose that you had and, and when, you know, how you keep doing this. Because this was, this event, what was the year that this event happened again? 2004. Right, right. So this is more than a decade. It is. Yes, yes. And you're right, sometimes I just want to separate from the story, and, and yet I do not, because right. I do not want them to ever be forgotten. Right. And so the two sides of myself wrestle. And the same way, the sorrow and the joy wrestle within me. One of the things that I had to learn is I, is I started asking God, if you want me to talk to people and tell these stories, you have got to tell me what to say. Right. So many of the questions <laughs> I don't know the answers to yet. Yes. And he had me start sharing these stories really early on. And so people that heard me speak like in 06 and 07 have learned so much more since then. And, um, oh, my goodness. But one of the first things that um, I asked God was, what is healing of a broken heart? Because I'm talking to people all across the country who have buried a child, and they still hurt just like it happened yesterday. So what does it mean to heal from this? Because we really want, both for ourselves and for other people, for healing to mean the absence of pain. But healing does not mean the absence of pain. That's right. Healing means, what God eventually taught me, was healing means allowing joy to enter a heart that has pain in it. Oh, say that again. Say that again. That is really good. Healing is allowing joy to enter a heart that has pain in it. Allowing it. Allowing both to live side by side. Yes, exactly. Because what that really means is that your heart works. It is designed to have negative emotion and positive emotion. We need all of those. God gave them all to us. It also means we have a heart like God. Because that's God's heart, pain and joy. Yes. So allowing both things to happen within us um, brings about healing. But the problem is once (laughs) you begin to experience joy again, then you don't want to feel the pain anymore. That's right. We really, even before we start experiencing joy, we want the pain to stop because it's just too hard to endure. And so we try to deaden it. But if we try to deaden the negative emotions of our heart, we will unintentionally deaden the positive emotions of our heart also. That's right. And, and, and you know, gr- these kinds of losses are so complicated because once you start feeling joy, there's also some guilt that comes with that sometimes. Yes. Like you think you're not supposed to be ever happy again without these yes. people. Yes. But actually, I really believe that they're in heaven, mm-hmm. part of our... Um, cloud of witnesses and they're cheering us on that's and they right. want us to experience joy that's exactly that's right what they're experiencing 
That's right. The, the, the memorial to them is not pain that they're wanting. They don't want that to memorialize them. And I want them to be proud of me. That yes. was one of the first things <laughs> that kept me going is that I wanted them to be proud of me. But also, we have to hold on to that pain because we don't want to forget what that felt like. Because if we ever forget what that felt like, then we can't help other people who That's are right. there. That's right. So God, of course, used the song. <laughs> to remind me yes. that we um, we have to bear the cross of of pain. Mm-hmm. And I think it, you know that, that's an old song. Yes, I, oh, I love that song. I love that song. And the the story behind that one is a whole other thing. That song. So I I think it's just it's the whole idea of being willing to accept life on life's terms and accept God on God's terms, and that. God does not ask us to do or to feel things that he hasn't already done. And there's a lot of things he's done he will never ask us to do. But he knows the heartache of losing people. And he knows the heartache of tragedy and what would seem like an unnecessary death. He, he, sees the, he knows that pain. And he's a, he's a great friend, you know, that sticks closer than a brother when it comes to those kinds of tragedies. And it's the beauty of of the heart that is changed that becomes deeper and and a heart that is more flexible and a heart that can love better because of tragedy instead of being a heart that is hardened from it. In the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus said, my heart is sorrowful to the point of death. Yes, yes. He knows that pain that is so deep you just want to die. He knows that. Well, I'm sure that you had times when you didn't think you were going to make it. Yes. Yes, yes, I did. You just feel like you're you'll die of a broken heart. Right, right. How could it possibly keep beating? How can I keep breathing? And certainly that feeling of I don't want to absolutely keep breathing. In in the ambulance, the um, attendant said to me, "Mrs. Jones, stay awake." Because I had a head injury. Mrs. Jones, stay awake. And I thought. You mean if I go to sleep, I won't wake up? Right. Ah, good night. Right. <laughs> you know, and I started trying to go to sleep. Right. And, but I kept waking up. Right. Yeah. And it's amazing to think that God knew this and had already set a plan in motion for you. Not one that you ever wanted, but yeah. one that is so life-giving to so many people. Uh, that's what I want. Well, I think it must be amazing for you to see life lives change out of the sorrow that that you had to experience, that you see people's lives moved and changed and freed and able to love again. Yes, that breathes life back into me. Yes. Yes. Well, tell us, so so you speak on this a lot, and you you travel. I do. So when when you go to a church, what do you usually do? Do you tell the story and answer questions, or what, what, what usually occurs when you give a presentation on this book? I do whatever it is that the body that has invited me wants me to do. But my favorite thing to do is since the accident, I have found that the Bible has just come to life, particularly the characters in the Bible have come to life. And I read their stories and I see myself in them. And what I have found myself just aching to do and love to do 
is tell their stories, whether I'm telling the story of Esther and or telling the story of Peter or David. And here is how God interacted with that person and what they might have been feeling like. And have you felt like that? Because I felt like that. And then tell my part of the story and in whichever part of my life that fits with that story. And then invite the audience to consider their story right. within that person's story. And so my favorite thing is to do that, whether I'm speaking on a Sunday morning or whether I'm speaking for the whole weekend at a women's retreat, right. which is also one of my favorite things. Right, yes, <laughs> I can imagine. So what is, you know, what's one of the favorite stories that really helped you? Oh, wow, there are so I know, many. I know. But Esther is one of my very favorite stories, and that is because she went through trauma twice. She lost her mom and dad first. She became an orphan. And then she was given a new home with a cousin. And then the king of Persia um, picked her up. He, yes, he, yes. He, he demoted <laughs> his, he threw his wife out of out of the palace and then got lonely. And so he picks up all of the young, beautiful exactly. virgins in the town. And so Esther gets stolen from yes. her back at home and then then the rest of her story you you look at how she chose to get beautiful instead of bitter how she chose to ask people to pray with her when a horrific thing happened in the whole country how she chose to pray have people pray with her until god told her what to do and then how she was brave enough to obey and those things are are pertinent to anybody's life Absolutely. I, I love that. Well, you know, we have one minute, so make sure you tell the listeners again how to get a hold of you if they want you to speak at their church or their organization or whatever they're doing, and how to get, you know, your book, and if you have a website or any of those types of things. Well, find me on the web at www.borajones.org. Just remember to spell my name, L-O-R-A. And there you can message me if you would like to interact about your own story. I would love that. You can message me for me to come to your church or to set up a retreat. And you can get my book, Song of a Wounded Heart, at your local bookstore or at any of your favorite online bookstores. Laura, God bless you. And thank you for sharing your story and being with us today. And we pray God's best for you and that he continues to open doors for you that no man can close and continues to give you deep healing. And we pray this in Jesus' name. So listeners, thank you for listening today. Make sure that you check out the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. And The Power of a Minute will be next week's show. To hear today's program again or to share it with someone else, please go online, CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Cynthia Hyatt. Until next time, remember, be your own best version.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.